0: Hi everyone, I'm thrilled to let you know that we've now announced the first three This Week in Craft Beer Grand Tours for 2022. We'll be travelling to Brussels with Alpha Delta from Thursday the 23rd of June, to New England with Mondo on Wednesday the 6th of July, and to New York with Brew York on Wednesday the 13th of July. After a frustrating series of Covid false starts over the past two years, we are confident that we will finally be able to start running tours this summer. If you're interested in any of these tours, please see our newsletter this week for further details. Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene, sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters. John Stevens, Angela Peterson, Nick Flynn, Jamie Ramsey, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Phantom Brewing Company, Dolphin Brewery, Becky Bentley White, Bayonet Brewing Co., Ryan Charlton, The Papermill Micropub, Doug Thayer, Robert Baker, The Sociable Beer Company and The Smallback. Brewing Co. So I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast Andrew from Beer Hut Brewing Co. Beer Hut are a small independent brewery set up in 2017 based in County Down, Northern Ireland. What started as a hobby in a small tin hut has blossomed into a journey they never thought they would be part of. Their beers are brewed the way they like it. They like juice, decadent imperial stouts, and mouth-puckering sours. Um, I think we're going to be good friends, by the way, with, with uh. their plans. They're focused on producing beer without compromise, punchy, and full of flavour. Andrew, please introduce yourself and tell us about your beer journey, which led you to launching Beer Hut.
1: So, yeah. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having us on here. I'm Andrew, co-founder and brewer at Beer Hut. Uh, I suppose it was probably the later stages of 2016 where we started having conversations about the possibilities of right. uh, starting a, a microbrewery. We had very, very little knowledge of any brew kit or brewing beer at that stage, to be perfectly honest with you. So it was kind of learning on the job right? Uh, very much. So we had a lot of errors and failures along the way. A lot of, a lot of beer went down the drain at one stage. Oh uh, but I suppose you have to learn from your mistakes, don't you? Yeah. So we built a very small tin hut at the side of my house, so bear hut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, it was, it, the thing was tiny. Like I think I ordered it from eBay. It's a mm. flat pack thing. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was so small that we had to get it. my brother-in-law to build it up on four cores of brick. So right. We could actually stand up in the thing, <laughs> so like, yeah. One of us, if two of us were in it, uh, we, we weren't doing much moving, put it like that. No. Uh, so, one in, one out, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> get the rain off, I guess. Well, we uh, yeah,
1: about, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so w- we put a 100 liter kit into that hut, and like on that 100 liter kit, we you know we were brewing beers that were going out onto shelves, so you know, we were, wow. we were producing on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was. It was obviously extremely low yields. You, you maybe got a hundred bottles right out of, out of your your brew. So very yeah. laborious. But it was very much about getting the beer out, getting people to look at the brand, right. taste you know taste the stuff. So, um, but we've come a long way from then. You know, we quickly seen the demand uh, for you know for what we were doing. So we we then went from uh, our our tiny little hut where we were you know we were brewing on a very small scale and we we moved into my garage for a very short period of time right Uh, we put a 300 liter brew kit in there as well which again was like a bigger version of what we had we 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 had to they were blank vessels more or less so we Mm -hmm. had to put taps and and whatever else onto them so they were you know they were fully customized by ourselves but you have those Uh, construction
0: skills to be able to to, to yeah, that well,
1: well, me and Neil, you know, we're we're, we're both from uh, construction backgrounds. Like, nice. um, yep. I was a jo- I am a joiner by trade, and Neil is a plumber.
0: Oh, so perfect. he's a ha- yeah. he's
1: a handy one to have <laughs> about the place, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we spent, I would say, it was the guts of a year in in my garage, right? And things really started sort of started to ramp up locally for us, yeah. And so we we then had to go and source or try and find like an industrial unit right. where we could sort of spread our wings a wee bit, you know. Okay, so that was where us where we are now well actually we're next door to it by chance we we took the unit next door which was a bigger space okay so we were able to put more fermenters in we were able to put a a permanent tap room in place as well right
0: so how many square feet have you got in the in the unit so it's two thousand square feet. Okay. So it's, it's
1: not it's not big, but it's, no, but it's you big know,
0: enough to big enough to work with. Well, obviously, depending on how many fermenters you got.
1: <laughs> every every brewer or every brewery I ever be speaking to is the same thing. We haven't got enough room to the extent that we were actually thinking that we'd taken the tap room out, right, uh, to create more production space, which probably would be the wiser thing to do because the the production side of things fills up pretty quick, you right. know. We have like a mezzanine level above the tap room, so we have we have a space upstairs. That's where we have our cold store. So, we, okay. you know, whatever gets packaged gets onto a pallet and it gets it gets forked upstairs. So, right. it's trying to juggle what's in the cold room and what's downstairs. Mm. So, your your floor space is at a premium at all times. Yeah. You know, mm. especially if you're standing trying to package a beer and you've got umpteen pallets sitting around your feet. You know, sure. So one thing I want to sort of touch on as well, like, you know, Beer Hut was grown completely organically. There, right. you know, we, we never, there was never any big financial investment put forward. Uh, so we put a small amount of money up front ourselves and then right. any any money that the business generated was just put straight back in again. So right. we were both working full-time jobs. Yep. We brewed on it every Saturday. <laughs> and then through the week, we packaged whatever was ready from, you know, Maybe two you know, two weeks ago, yeah. uh, whatever was ready to go. Uh, mm-hmm. just got packaged through the weeks. So there was no balance, there was no work life balance. It was no. all work, 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 work. And like we both had two young families at the time as well. So it was pretty full on, yeah. Tough
0: on them, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. Like, yeah, so there definitely was there definitely was sacrifices made yeah. along the way. But uh well I'm happy to say that I'm here full time now myself. Nice, yeah. Um, so yeah, so during during COVID, I got the opportunity to leave the job I was in um, yep. to take on uh, beer hot full time. So done a bit of a roller coaster ride from there.
0: Great, yeah. Well, it's but you know as you say you you've had no outside investment, but then you still own the business, so that's nice, isn't it? You know, there's no <laughs> no dilution well, of ownership, so the success is in your hands, and hopefully so is the so are the rewards.
1: Yeah, well, we, we lately was the was the. The only time that we've had to go and seek financial help, so we, we went and got uh, asset finance, okay, to fund uh, a canning line,
0: right. right?
1: So yeah, we decided like if, if the company was, you know, if the brewery is going to grow and we want to release more beers, uh, right. we, we need to get. Packaging in house again. We we did get a company to come and do that work for us, but you know that that comes at a cost. you know sure. there's, there's, yeah. you, you know it's just trying to keep as much as that in house as possible. Right. Again, ultimately it gives you control of of what's going on. You know.
0: Let's take a step back and talk a bit more about your beer journey, Andrew. So how did you come to the decision that you needed to open a brewery in 2016? What what have you been drinking up until that point that convinced you that this was the way forward?
1: Well, I only really had started to dip my toe into IPAs at that stage. Mm-hmm. We were always faced with the same beers. Like anywhere you would go, it was always your, yeah. you know, yourself. You know. And then we, you know, I sort of started to see like different different beers popping up that looked interesting. So it really mm-hmm. sort of stemmed from there. And it was yeah. it was big sort of high bitterness beers from the US. You know, the likes the right. of uh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah it's really got the bug from there, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, um my brew, my brewing journey, I actually started with brewing wine, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then I obviously quickly uh, get into to brewing, to brewing beers. And the yep. first beer I ever brewed at home was absolutely rotten. It had to, <laughs> it had, to, it had, to get, it had to get the drain. It was an old cheap like what you call it malt extract yeah everybody um,
0: starts. well almost everybody starts there don't they used to you, you back in my day you used to buy it from Woolworths. i think these days you buy yeah yeah you, yeah, you yeah. buy it from the range or uh well wilco's yeah. i think are the places that sell well, them cool. these days yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're still yeah. they're not they haven't got any better in the last 20 30 years i don't, I don't believe so <laughs> <laughs> so uh
1: so we we'll quickly chased down uh, you know you know what i do into all grain brewing and you know how how to better your results and yeah. what ingredients we were using what yeast mm-hmm. so uh yeah really really got the bug from there
0: nice and did you you know as you were sort of starting to get your 100 liter kit together what were you drinking at that stage were you starting to get into you know the likes of cloud water and you know and, and other english examples of that you know in those days i guess the likes of the kernel and um yeah, I
1: think uh, think North probably Monk, the, the, I guess
0: was becoming really prominent at that stage as well.
1: And yeah, Cloud What obviously were, were a big influence on even this the beers that were brewing today. Oh you know, definitely. They, yeah, absolutely. They, they, they've done so much for the for the UK um, craft beer scene, they've led the charge really. Yeah. Yeah, Cloudwater Verdant, all all yeah. sort of the, the big hitters and also Boundary up in Belfast. Sure, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're they were producing some uh, some cracking beers. They were one of the one of the first craft beer breweries, you know,
0: to be set up
1: over in Northern Ireland.
0: Yeah, Lakada, I guess, is the is the other one. Um the yeah. based in Port Rush, I think, aren't they? So I can yeah. remember when I was in I think when we were just setting up, I said I had been to Port Russia I guess three, four years ago and Lakada were were quite prevalent in, in Port Rush at that time. Certainly they you know the a lot of the pubs and bars had of the the bottles anyway. I don't think they? They, do they can these days. I guess they probably do. Don't they?
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they put, they put a, might do the odd bottle release for yeah. a special stout or something like sure. that. But yes. yeah, predominantly everything goes to can.
0: Makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we we know Laurie and all boys very well. We have a good relationship with those guys. They, they, run, they run a beer festival every year. That nice. we, if, you, if you can, I, th- I think they're running it this year. They're run running it in October time. Okay. If, if you can put it in your calendar, uh, it's a good, it's a real good weekend. I bet it would be. Good. Is
0: that in uh, Portrush or? Yes. So yes. It's,
1: it's, norm- it's normally in uh, Portrush Town Hall. Nice, which um, is a lovely
0: place as well, isn't it? I mean, it's just a beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I love the yeah. North
1: Coast. Yeah. a lot. Yeah. Such, such a nice part of the country. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, I always look forward to getting up there.
0: Let's talk about his first beer, Andrew, which is um, disappearing at an alarming rate out of my glass. Anyway, this is um, this is Mixtape, your 4% session IPA. Tasty notes. I've got, say, the return of an old favourite. Mixtape is playing again. A session IPA with buckets of flavour. Dry-hopped with citra and mosaic, it's oozing with big flavours of citrus and fresh stone fruits. Um, yeah, this is one of the nicer session IPAs I think I've had in in a long time. It's got tons of flavor. It's really juicy, uh, nice, sort of sharp citrus bite to it. Uh, but, you know, just, I guess you say, light to moderate bitterness. It avoids the risk of being overhopped doesn't it, as well, which, you know, I, I don't know if you, if you sort of share my view that, you know, Session IPAs, sometimes you find have been hopped to the point where they're sort of really out of balance and, and a bit mm-hmm. sort of, I don't quite know, the hop, you know, that the hops just sort of become offensive rather than delicious, and that's a shame when that happens. But that's not this beer at all. This is, I think this is beautifully balanced. And, uh, yeah, as I say, one of the nicest Session IPAs I can remember in terms of depth of flavour, just really punchy. Um, Thanks very
1: much. Uh, Mixtape is, is one of the first... Session IPAs. In fact, I think I think it was maybe the first Session IPA that, that we brewed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, uh, Citroen Mosaic. You can't mm. really go wrong with Citroen no. Mosaic. <laughs> I'm sure I could go wrong with it if I
0: was a, a classic
1: <laughs> winning combination. But, yeah, yeah. but you know, we, we've had so many iterations of that beer as well. We, mm. We've wrestled with it back and forward. We've played about with, with the grist. and We use uh, pale malt wheat and oats okay. uh, in that beer. Mm-hmm. It's got a 16 gram per litre dry hot. Okay, nice. So, so it, it is... Quite a high dry hop, yeah. Um, you know, for a four and a half percent session pale beer, you know. Sure. Um, but I think the the biggest change we've seen in that beer was was changing the yeast. Ah, oh, okay. So with, with all our pale beers, you know, from our, our session beer up to our dippers and triples. Yeah. Well, we've only ever brewed one triple, but there's more coming. There's Good. more coming. <laughs> 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 uh, we use London Three for, for okay.
0: everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, whereas that beer, when it was first initially brewed, we we were using um, Brine ninety seven, which is an um, right. American American ale yeast. Okay, mm-hmm. Um so it's probably a little bit drier. Um right. it, it drops clearer than, than the beer you're seeing in your glass now. It's
0: a beautiful color actually. Isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, it's nice and bright. Oh. Yeah, we use we use extra pale extra mm-hmm. pale malt to get that nice um, bright blue. Yeah, it's, nice, it's a nice, bright beer. Perfect beer for for summer's day or mm-hmm. hot weather or, or barbecue. And it's, yeah, it's personally, one of my one of my favourites. To be honest with you, there's no hiding that Citra is our probably our most used hop in the yep. brewery. Mm-hmm.
0: Makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of guilty in, in that department. Like I know it's it's probably an easy one to say, and mm. uh, but I I love setra.
0: I t- I do as well. Yeah, no question.
1: See, mm. opening up a fresh bag, foil mm-hmm. bag of setra, the the smell or the aroma that comes out of the bag is uh, superb.
0: I've had that pleasure a few times, but not as often as you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But I'm sorry, I was just going to say, I, you know, if I had a second favorite hop, Nelson Silver, lately would probably okay. be.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah, certainly, we, we've seen some great Nelson beers in the UK in the last year. Yeah. So this is not a core beer for you guys. Um, it's, this is a, a rebrew from 2020, I think, or 2019. I was looking at on, on Untapped earlier on. Um. Yeah. Do Do you have a a core session IPA or do you not do core beers at all? Up until.
1: I think it was late 2019, maybe even just the start of 2020. We didn't have any core beers. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just because we were brewing on such a small scale. Right. We were brewing small one off batches of new beers pretty much all mm-hmm. time. Once we took this place on till time, we thought it was necessary then to you know, start brewing a core range of beers. So right. that consists of three different beers. Mm-hmm. It's an IPA, sorry, a pale ale, a session IPA, and an IPA. So okay. and they're so stripped back, as in their, their appearance as well. I don't know if you've seen any of our core beers. No. They are just called Sex and IPA. IPA. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, so we have, we have toyed with the idea of giving them names, uh, but I, I kind of like having them so basic. Um, yeah. You, you know, that's kind of wrong saying it's, it's what it says in the tin.
0: Sure, absolutely.
1: But, yeah, those beers were all packaged into 330, and just lately we've decided to put them all into 440. Right. Um, mm-hmm. For two reasons. Uh, the, the new machine that we bought is set up for 440. Right. And it, I don't want to be chopping chains. So in the ass to have to yeah. for
0: 330. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to start mucking about with it. And I find, well, I find 440 mil moves
0: quicker. Sure, if for payoffs and IPAs, I expect so. Yeah, definitely. People yeah. are a bit suspicious. I'm afraid of three thirties now, aren't they? It's just it, it's sort of <laughs> yeah. like, no, hang on a second, what's that? Why is that beer in three thirty? You know, is that, is well,
1: it, I'm you know, saying yeah. like
0: uh, just from my from my
1: own traits, you know, going mm-hmm. into an uh, off-sales, like I, I would lift a four forty over three thirty, and I don't yeah.
0: know why. No, we've uh, just I think we've just been conditioned to to expect that the best, you know, the best breweries and the best beers are all in in four forties these days. I think there are formats of beer that probably should be in 330 you know when you get into the bigger perhaps the bigger stouts or barley wines or but beers where you know you might not actually want to drink a 440 can on your own then maybe that belongs in the 330 but i'm still happy to drink a 440 can of a nice big stout don't get me wrong but, <laughs> but there are people i think that would prefer those sort of beers to be into in a smaller package but as far as you know pails and lagers and you know and then yeah anything which is which is quaffable by the pint then that should be in 440 all day long shouldn't it
1: yeah absolutely
0: absolutely and, and like he
1: finds some of the traits of a lot of other breweries if they're getting up and. Uh High ABV, especially Imperial stage or Barley is to put them in the 750 bombers. I know. That's really gadget,
0: is it? <laughs> yeah, it but at least then it's you know, there's no hiding that is supposed to be shared, isn't it? Whereas I think a 440, I think you know, it's kind of on the fence. Is that supposed to be a sharer? I don't know.
1: Well, I I would suspect there's some greedy people up and down the country would be knacking that whole bottle themselves.
0: <laughs> yeah, they might regret it the next morning, but never yeah. <laughs> but this is uh, this is really good. So your core Session IPA, is that how does that vary from this?
1: Well, we use I'm trying to think of the hops we use in that beer, it, it's citra and chinook. Um, okay. mm-hmm. it's not far away from that to be honest with you. Right. I mean, we use we now use the same yeast okay. throughout, which has a massive influence on in how the beer finishes um, oh, sure. uh, ultimately, ultimately appearance in appearance and how it tastes. But chinook, chinook just gives it that little bit more of a, a grassy sort of right. herbal note, yeah. Um, we better resin in it as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Chinook, I think, is a very underrated hop. I don't think yep. there's enough beers being brewed. At Chinook. We did. No. A, we did a. a we had a, a range of beers called Solo Series, um, yep. so it was just single hopped six percent IPAs, and Chinook mm-hmm. was one of them. Okay. And out and out of all of them, I think we did Chinook, Idaho Seven, Strata, uh, Citra, and Mosaic and Simcoe. That that was that that Very was nice. the range yeah. to mm-hmm. to date. Uh, and out of all of them, for me, Chinook was definitely the standout. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you that was right. U.S.
0: Chinook, was it? Um... The, or because yeah, Brookhouse we've yeah, yeah. got some really nice um, UK Chinook that I've that's had right. in, a, in a few beers. So it's, 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 that's really interesting as well. Um, mm-hmm. no, I, yeah,
1: I it, was, it was it was US Chinook yeah. Um, But yeah, it, it was a it was a real standout beer for me.
0: Lovely. Yeah. So that it's a similar level of dry hopping in the in the core session IPA to this one.
1: Uh, Eleven grams. Okay. So still, still decent. Yeah. 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 But the, but the latest uh, IPA that. that we we put into 440. It has a 16 gram per liter nice.
0: um, mm-hmm. dry hop.
1: So it's a, it's a high it's a high dry hop for a core range.
0: Yeah, and is that packaged into keg significantly or, uh, it, or mostly can?
1: No, it's it's roughly a fifty fifty split. Okay. Um Yeah, so whatever we're packaging um, most most of our beers would be fifty fifty split. You know between between keg and
0: small pack. Okay, good. And you so say you're starting to get a decent demand for keg um, in in Northern Ireland or, or beyond. Um, yeah, Northern Ireland
1: steady, but um, the, the kegs are really moving in the UK at the moment. Oh, great! Uh, mm-hmm. Which is nice. Yeah, in the UK is is very much a market that we've been trying to delve into, but right. it's so difficult to to stand out. Yeah, um, it's such a saturated market. it is. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult to make yourself known. So, but it's all it's having a brand that stands out, but ultimately it's having the liquid that somebody wants to come back. And, yes. Drink again. There's two two big uh, elements that have to be that have to be right. Um, Definitely,
0: yeah. Consistency probably is another one, isn't it? Yeah, isn't yeah, be, be, yeah. People can rely on you know ordering the next beer is going to be as good as the last one I had from him. Um, but yeah, those are all exactly. all, all factors that. Uh, and as you said, it is, it is pretty crowded. But obviously, there's I guess advantages to selling into into UK um, in terms of tap room prevalence and, and you know the, the relative ease of licensing a, a tap room compared to I know what a challenge it is in the in Northern Ireland so uh, I guess you've been through similar challenges to, to the ones that I discussed with with Willie at Bullhouse a few months ago um, yeah you know, so, so yeah. I mean I don't want to get into a sort of a real doom and gloom kind of conversation about it but maybe you could give us a an upbeat history of, uh, of, of you know, how you've dealt with that and, and where you're up to in sort of having your own taproom open regularly. Well,
1: we, we haven't let it stop us from fitting out a taproom. Okay. You know, we, <laughs> you know, we allocated space in, in the brewery so as we could bring people on site. Yeah. Uh, um, Like, it is a bit of a, a nuisance having to go to the courts once a month yeah. to... So I have, to, I basically have to fill out a form and, and use a friendly licensee, a local licensee who lets me use his license. People borrow it, his
0: license for the night or whatever. It's, yeah, yeah. it's an occasional license.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So between the hours of A and B, so once mm-hmm. the hour of B comes along, then you, you stop selling mm-hmm. your alcohol. But it's worth doing. Uh, oh, definitely. definitely worth doing. Yeah. Um And it's it's all about bringing the consumer to site to mm-hmm. drink the beer fresh see the production space um, yeah. have a chat have a chat with us you know that's yep. that's what it's all about it's, it not is, just yeah. a, it's not just about drinking the beer anywhere it's about it's about coming and having a chat with us and uh, getting to know the brand and the people behind the brand
0: absolutely and hopefully you know converting them one you know one drink at a time to really then seek out you as their preferred craft beer brand locally and, yeah, you know, yeah and yeah. it's hard to do that without that taproom experience isn't it i think
1: definitely and i guess like Anytime we've run a tap room, it, 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 you know we've had nothing but good words from the people who have been here. You know, and we get a we get a pizza van. He comes along, and brings his food nice. truck with him, and yep. he does fresh, fresh pizzas. And mm. yeah, it's norm, normally a good vibes. Normally, normally a
0: good day out. So our next tap room is actually in two weeks. Did I read somewhere you're doing you're running once a month? Is that is that right? Well, roughly speaking.
1: And, well, yeah. So you know, through... April through to maybe September, we tried to we tried to run once a month. Okay, yeah. And um, the demand just wouldn't be there, you know, in in the colder months of the year. Right. Um, Kalkiel, I don't know if you know where Kilkeel is is in the sticks. <laughs> right. There's not yeah. Lovely part of the country, but yeah. you know, there's, there's not a lot in it. Mm-hmm. Um, through the summer months we have caravan sites, and so there's a bit of. Tourism comes right. through the time during the summer yeah. months, so mm-hmm. we, you know, we can we can try and uh, entice uh, some visitors down, um, yep. you know, at that stage. And we'll we'll, we'll really be trying to do that uh, this mm-hmm. month. We probably weren't able to do it just last year with closures and one one week you're you're open, the next week week you were shut. You know, yeah, uh, just with COVID. Sure, but I don't think. Fingers crossed near future. To Touch set. word. Who knows? Touch wood, Yeah, yeah.
0: Nah. but it seems uh, like you know. It's, I think you know. Well,
1: yeah. It doesn't seem like there's much the appetite time.
0: for any more shutdown, so I think we're I think we're good to go now. But uh, you know, I Hopefully. don't know. Okay, so, so you can sell you sell off sales from the from the brewery door, do you as well? Do people buy cans or?
1: No, we can't do that either. Can you not? Oh my goodness! <laughs> no. When I was, so, I was uh, just saying,
0: I was wondering, no, is that right? i get. Uh...
1: No, we we have no we have no direct route to the consumer. So, but having said that, uh, this month. There was, you know, there's there's changes going to be made to uh, the licensing laws, which have already started actually. But right. there's going to be uh, a brewer's license, um, which will allow us. We, you know, we can then apply for that. I don't think anybody knows what the application process is going to be like and how long that's
0: going to take. A license um, for to run a tap room or, or for off sales. Yeah. So you'll you'll
1: if I'm right in saying you'll be allocated 109 nights per year to open oh, your wow. premises. That's
0: awesome.
1: Uh, you'll be allowed to sell online. Mm-hmm. And you'll be allowed to um, carry out off sales as well. Oh, wow. Hallelujah!
0: That would be amazing. If that's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's huge, a massive, huge, help. Di- yeah. huge difference. Yeah,
1: three routes to market that we we never had previously. So it's it's a very welcome change.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And so well, that, that that'll be a huge, huge boost to the business. I mean, even you know, you just do Friday, Saturday every week. That'll be great. You know, in terms of yeah, absolutely, yeah. and uh, at least yeah, you know, even if only in the summer. Yeah, but, uh, that yeah. that will still 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 be terrific. Yeah, very good. How do you see? Craft beer generally developing in in Northern Ireland, and I guess that you know what you've just said there is the key to it, isn't it? Really, if that if that passes, and and suddenly the the commercials sums add up, don't they? Much much more realistically than than they do for you guys at the moment.
1: Uh, well, it's it's still a very young market over here. Yeah. It's still a very growing market. I mean, we we do have a lot of local support. Yeah, and we have done from from the day and are we opened our doors. You know, I can't I can't really fault the local market at all. But yes, there's still there's still room for growth. But we we are always trying to push our get our beer further afield. You know, ultimately, like you know, whilst uh, the local the locals have been very very good to us, uh, we need to we need to try and spread our wings into into UK and further afield.
0: Definitely, yeah, And, and and you know, in terms of getting your beer into pubs, that's i mean it's a challenge everywhere of course but it's uh, you know that that's a particular challenge i think in northern ireland as well isn't it in terms of the, the fact that most of the the pubs draft lines are very tightly tied down by the macros and uh it's...
1: yeah that's a how long have you got conversation?
0: Well, i know. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to turn this into a negative yeah. oh my goodness how yeah. hard is it in northern ireland because i know it's hard and i don't want to belittle it but it's yeah. you know, i think it's yeah. important for people understand what you're working with in terms of restrictions there it's uh
1: Although like yeah yeah it's it's always been a, a challenge to try and get get draft get your beer on draft uh, in Northern Ireland just um, the bigger guys have a monopoly on the on the taps yeah. um, but lately I I see more and more establishments going freehold right and you know obviously they, they can see the products that are now being produced in Northern Ireland and they want to help the local breweries and um, showcase them so it's very encouraging. Right to see um, local local pubs and restaurants uh, taking on more more local craft.
0: Nice, yeah. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? I mean, especially if you are running a restaurant. I don't see how you can be positioning yourself as as cooking and uh, and selling gourmet food and and serving a you know, crappy macro lager to, to wash it down. I don't, I don't see how you can justify that as a restaurant. You know, it's uh, surely the you know the the, the drink is part of the meal experience and and should be as carefully curated as the food, but. You know, yeah, well, I suppose they're probably
1: seeing, <laughs> hopefully they're seeing a demand, you know, people are maybe requesting it more now yeah. than they were maybe four or five years ago, you know. Oh, that definitely, so
0: yeah.
1: There's more of a desire for it now.
0: I'd well, certainly hope so. Let's take a short break, Andrew. <laughs> this Week in Craft Beer is sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. Them That Can deliver the machinery, labor, materials, and most importantly, the expertise to achieve a professionally canned product that keeps their clients happy. For more information about how you can get started with their amazing services, please visit www.themthatcan.com. So I'm back with Andrew from Beer Hut for the second half of the show. Andrew, let's get straight back into it by asking you the traditional question for the second half of the show which is what makes you different what is it you're doing at beer hut what did you set out to do to differentiate yourself from the crowded uk european craft beer scene uh well that's not an easy question to answer rob no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well i would say well, it's
1: not even about what's making us different something that always stood by us is we're always trying to better ourselves uh-huh. we're always trying to as a brewer you're never happy Right. Um, no matter what somebody thinks of your beer, if they say it's fantastic or, or or whatever, there's always there's always something that you're not happy with. Right. And I think that is the never ending quest of, of trying to brew the beer better than it was before. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if that really makes us different, but it definitely make, I think it helps make us stand out. It Keeps Maybe. you
0: hungry and, and keep, hopefully yeah. keeps you on top of your game. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And and even from the liquid that's in the can to the design on on the artwork on the outside of the can. Mm-hmm. We do that as well. So you know we're we're trying to design a can that stands out on a on a on a very crowded uh, which is shelf. important
0: as well, isn't it? Absolutely. So yeah. I think
1: that maybe makes us different that we're yeah. we're designing the beer and we're we're actually designing the artwork as well. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of work and a lot of tuning and throwing.
0: I bet it is yeah.
1: <laughs> trying to settle on a on a design and um, you know to push the button on it.
0: Who do you regard as your competition to sort of ask the question a slightly different way then who, who are you who are you competing with in you know your, your little sleepy corner of, of northern ireland or or in the in the cities as well you know who are you competing with in, in belfast and, and londonderry yeah.
1: uh well i don't i don't really see it as as a competition as such but mm-hmm. um we make try to make great beers alongside lakada and and boundary Right. Um. And and obviously William at Bullhouse they're yep. they're all do, they're all doing great things. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of high quality beer being produced out of Northern Ireland. At the Absolutely. Moment. Yeah, yeah. Um. And it's good to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Um But but in terms of expanding your market, then are you you know are you, are you trying to capture the Guinness drinkers or the wine drinkers or the you know the gin craft gin drinkers or you know who what's your what's your sort of target expansion point?
1: Yeah, I, I guess you're always trying to. For for anybody that hasn't delved into to the craft world, you're always trying to um, entice them in and actually let them taste what beer can be. I know,
0: isn't it amazing? Actually, yeah, yeah. How, how how little you could possibly imagine till you till you've experienced it. Yeah,
1: it's such a yeah, such an eye opener for mm. like even for some of the people that have. Attended some of the consumers that have contended are attended our tap room at times. Yeah, and um, they've maybe come down with a friend who 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 drinks and um, supports the local breweries. and yep. they're, big, they're big into their sort beer, all and,
0: almost been sort of dragged on kind of reluctantly. And then you know, yeah. they, they, they taste a couple of beers and, say, oh and goodness, they come yeah. down
1: and they maybe they maybe try a, like a session IPA or something yep. that's easy, easy going but full flavored. And they just can't get their head around that. Yeah. The flavours that are being pulled out of the, the raw ingredients, like, you know, the hops and the malts. Absolutely, um, yeah. And, and the yeast. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, that's a massive thing, you know, that's, to get those beers uh, in, in front of those, um, you know, that particular consumer. You yeah. know.
0: And you say the taproom is so important to, to accomplish that, isn't it? Well, not, it's oh, not, definitely. It's not the only way of doing it, but it's, it, it's the it's the way that you've got the most control over. Um, of the experience and the quality of the product and the you know the presentation of it and everything you know it's all it's all under your control isn't it in the taproom
1: definitely and i mean ultimately like beer hut is in as i said before it's in a very small corner of an already small market <laughs> <laughs> It's probably the best way of putting it ultimately like we would love to be able to open somewhere maybe in the city like you know belfast mm-hmm. um, where you've got the footfall and yeah, you know, we have a lot of su- support from Belfast, so sure. uh, it would be it would be nice to open something. I don't know what no. should that be, uh, uh, like a, a tap brim or, or something to that that effect. At some stage, that would be that would be uh, the ultimate for us. Yeah, know? it's
0: got to be the sort of the me- medium term goal, if not the long term goal. Yeah, absolutely, that would be an amazing, yeah. uh, amazing step uh, forward. Yeah,
1: William is already making. And great uh, legs I know. All, well, he's he's
0: he's making three steps forward and two steps back, isn't he? Like, like I think everybody yeah. does, unfortunately. But no, I, I think he's he's close, isn't he, to to really making that happen? Yeah. Oh yeah, very close. I think. Mm.
1: Well, as far as, I don't know if I'm right in saying this or not, but I think maybe May time they're trying to be opening. Uh, okay, they're they're Newtonards
0: Road. I and... oh, brilliant. I, I saw it just a, just a couple of weeks ago there was a you know, message on Instagram saying, "Oh no, we you know we the license was was turned down or whatever." I'm sure um, it's only a, it's just a hiccup, isn't it? Along on the path, but i I'm sure. Well, that right was there.
1: for that was his occasional license. Oh, was it. So oh, okay,
0: I missed yeah, yeah, the other so two weeks, Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's the one he, that you're referring to. Uh, the courts, the local courts, rejected his application to open. Uh, so what he what he did was he uh, he had cask sitting ready to go so right. he couldn't sell it so he gave give it away nice so he had he had a he had a i'm sure he had a full house on i uh, bet he did yeah. dying for their free their free paint
0: yeah uh, frustrating times but uh, anyway I'm not, that's the last the last word in this conversation on how hard it is in, in northern Ireland. Let, let's uh, let's let, let's turn it upbeat and i think the best way to start with that is to talk about this next beer um, which is absolutely brilliant this is interstellar your 11 percent salted caramel imperial stout taste notes i've got to say it's big dark as the night thick decadent liquid big flavors of caramel fudge chocolate coffee and a very subtle note of salt lingering in the background we love this beer my thoughts are firstly if it was up to me i think all beer would have salted it um, which might sound a bit silly, but I love a just a, a hint of salt in my beer. You know, it just, it, it keeps you coming back for more. It just, I, yeah. I love the way that salt, I mean, I know we, we all eat far too much salt and I know how bad it is for you. So I so probably sort of, Shouldn't really be encouraging this. But yeah, I love the beer. So um, yeah, that's the first comment. Um, this has got a terrific sort of viscosity to it. You know, the way it sort of sticks to the side of the glass is, is very pleasing. Lovely caramel sweetness, but it's not overdone, which is which it often can be. I think, you know, caramel in a beer, it always sort of thinks I make you think, well, is that going to be too sickly? This isn't. This is just just a nice hint of caramel um, sweetness. Um, I think the dark chocolate coffee kind of undertone is is brilliant. Yeah, so so this is just a great beer. Uh, love imperial stouts of all description. You know, I, uh, this um, barrel age would be absolutely unreal. So I don't know if you have you got any of this in barrel or um, have you ever put any of this in barrel? We did. Uh, <laughs> we did.
1: We got a barrel from Tullamore. Talmore Dew, mm. have you had a more Dew whiskey? Um, yeah. which was originally a Buffalo Trace barrel. Oh, yeah. Um we still have the barrel and we've refilled it again. Nice. Um, and the plan the plans once it's emptied this time though, we're gonna take it to uh, we have a local distillery here called um Cologne. Okay. Have you heard of those guys before? I, they're, no, they're, no. So, they're so small, but the quality of the whiskey that's coming out of that place is second to none.
0: Nice. Okay. If
1: you can try and get your hands on a bottle uh, of Smoke and Mirrors.
0: Oh, okay. Nice name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm going to give it to them, and they can they can fill it up. We actually have. A,
0: nice.
1: I got a peated rum uh, barrel from them, so okay. it, it's it's filled there at the moment as well with Snowball, which was our coconut and vanilla imperial stout.
0: Good. Oh, yeah. Lovely. That sounds good as well. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So these beers are represent our never-ending quest of trying right. to brew the thickest beer that we could possibly <laughs> brew. <laughs> it's like, how do we make it thicker? <laughs> yeah, surely it must be possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, we brewed that and then we, we, we put half of that into a barrel and we mm. called it Intergalactic. intergalactic. Mm, so I think I have one can left. For myself, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's gonna be a, <laughs> a special night whenever I open when on that one. Yeah, um, but yeah, it
0: turned out really well. That's yeah. the barrel. No, this is really good. Um, I think there's a lot of great imperial stouts around now, but I think there's also a lot that are, a lot of breweries have sort of jumped on the bandwagon and said, "Yeah, you know, we need, you know, we need to do an imperial stout." But they just, you just throw too many sweet things in it, and it all comes a bit. I don't know quite. You know, it's it it, it turns into something that you heart, like you struggle to even finish a. Certainly, yeah. a forty can of anyway, but you know I think this one is going to go down nicely. It's um, you know, it's a Tuesday. Well, you need so, like, yeah.
1: if you're going to be brewing a big, a big, thick sweet beer, you, you need to have the bitterness in it. The balance. Yes, out.
0: you really do. You, yeah.
1: you know, otherwise it just be, be too cloying. You know, it's not very, not very nice to drink. Yeah, and now we did use lactose in this beer. So okay. We we used to use lactose in quite a few of our beers actually. Some of we we brought like a couple of dippers. Which were milkshake style double IPAs. Yep. We had a Citra, uh, Citra milkshake, double mm-hmm. Citra milkshake. Uh, we had double Mosaic Galaxy milkshake. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to circle back and rebrew those again. Sure. Uh, yeah. lac- lactose is a, definitely a, a marmite ingredient. Yeah, you it know, is. People- I
0: don't. I don't mind lactose. It's just I don't. Um. I don't really appreciate milkshake IPAs. I think I understand why people like them, and I and I totally get that it's a great sort of gateway kind of beer to bring people into craft beer isn't it because you know not, not everybody's going to start with a west coast ipa and appreciate the bitterness you know you've got to you yeah. got to sort of take baby steps to get there haven't you and i can see that a, you know a milkshake pail or a milkshake ipa could be the perfect gateway beer to bring people into into craft beer in a big way but um, I, I tend to shy away from those styles but again i think it's it's a question of whether it's done subtly or, or yeah it's kind of sweet yeah
1: what well, i was going to hit on this. so long as it's not overdone yeah. uh, i think it's perfectly acceptable some milkshake style ipas i had are undrinkable you yeah know, definitely tough tough to finish hmm. so we were always restraint you know we were very restraint on how much we we used uh, okay. in the beers hmm. um i have to say yeah we were always very cautious
0: yeah no definitely but uh no, to say, I, I think, you know, there are people out there that, that you know, the sweeter and kind of the better. So, you know, there, yeah, there's yeah, definitely yeah, a market yeah. for those really sweet milkshake IPAs and pals as well. Um, but it isn't me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so, yeah, Stouts. We, we, we haven't brewed a lot of stouts to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. We, we made a, a decision last year to start brewing more so that, right. you know, that this is where we you know we've seen uh, fluffier bunny i, I don't know if, if you've had that we, we I, brewed uh we used to brew like a five percent um marshmallow uh, milk stout called Fluffy, bu- fluffy mm. Bunny. Uh, and then we brewed the Imperial version of it, uh, right. which was fluffier bunny. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Gave it a symbol. Gave it yeah. symbol. Uh, and then uh, we did Pyro with William, which was a smoked Imperial stout. Okay, nice. Uh, so, yeah. all, so so all these sort of dark, big Imperial stouts are beers of late, so we, we mostly would brew uh, pale beers. Right. Um, that, that's, that's the beers that we... Probably the beers that got us into yeah and the brew brew in the first place mm-hmm. you know the brew, brewing the, the juicy pale beers yeah uh, um we brew quite a few sours and we haven't brewed a sour in a few months but we have one coming up actually we have a, a blueberry and blackberry um, oh, nice. imperial
0: sour yeah i'm into um, yeah. fruits of the forest so, i think can't, can't yeah, go wrong yeah, with a nice yeah. sort of fruits of the forest mix so for uh, i wanted well, let's to be get into enough. that um let's get into that andrew so let's, let's talk about that and what else you got coming up
1: yeah, so as I say, that's one of them. Um, I'm, 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 What's I'm the overview of
0: that?
1: It'll be in around seven,
0: okay, seven, nice. seven yeah. and a half, yeah,
1: nice. and thick enough to stand on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: is the plan. We have beer in tank at the moment, uh, which is a, we have an IPA. There's no name for that particular beer yet, but it's just mm-hmm. been dry hopped yesterday with Brew One. Uh, oh, it's like the Brew One, yeah. Which is, well, we've, we've never used it. Okay. But believe it or not, and I know it's been around for a few yeah. years, um, but we never, we we actually contracted it last year, and it's been in the cold room oh. uh, for for probably six months, and we never yeah. we've never got, got around to using it. So mm. we, we eventually started uh, digging into that yesterday.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, it's been yeah, so dry hot, with one citra and the bruce.
0: Yeah,
1: nice. Uh, it's it's tasting pretty pretty nice out the minute. Mm. So it's so <laughs> it'll be getting getting transferred into CT this week and uh, probably no. packaging early next week. Um, But apart from that, I'm trying to think of what else is in time at the moment. Oh, there's a peel there as well. There's a right. there's a five percent peel there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which we, we have Nelson Sylvan. Owen oh, Simcoe. Nelson Sulvan okay. and Simcoe. Good.
0: Yeah, good combination.
1: So again, mm-hmm. no name. Some sometimes the beers only get named as the label is needed. Well that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, there's always <laughs> you know there's that
0: deadline. You can't yeah. you can't can't dally too long because you know the labels don't yeah. don't come overnight, do they?
1: <laughs> so I, I have a I have a a, a list in my in my notes wherever a, a name comes into my head, I'll make okay. a note of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have bare names on hand pretty mm. much all the time.
0: You need to, I think. Yeah,
1: and then it's trying to get artwork to match.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a, probably the hardest thing, isn't it? Yeah. Or else
1: sometimes you just that all goes out the window and you just pick something and put a name on it. Uh, yeah. Honestly, that's that's how fast um, it, turn, <laughs> it turns around sometimes. Yeah. Because yeah. I can remember, I can remember at the start spending so long on trying to agree on a
0: piece of artwork yeah um, coming up uh, with the perfect the perfect yeah you're nearly, and the perfect name whatever he knows that. Is, you're it, nearly
1: spending more time on the artwork than you were producing the beer <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the truth i get that it's important but it's not as important as uh, as getting the beer right yeah 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 what have you guys got in the diary in terms of festivals and events for for this summer? Hopefully it's going to be busier and more sort of predictable than last summer. So have you got, have you got some invites or are you, you know you starting to fill your calendar up?
1: We haven't but we've we've been um, sort of putting the feelers out trying mm-hmm. to get over to a few festivals uh, yeah. over, over in England. Mm-hmm. We, we, we actually done a couple of tap takeovers in January. Uh, we went to Birmingham. Oh nice. Uh, we done Fairheads heads okay. Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Kilder in Birmingham,
0: right,
1: and the Vat and Fiddle in Nottingham. Okay, which Number is a
0: cast, which is a castle rock. Um, oh, castle rock! Yeah, great. Right? I mean, castle rock got some great premises in Nottingham. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was it was just after two years of not being able to go oh, out, no. uh, it was so nice to go over and speak to people face to face. Who were actually drinking the beer in front of you? If <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> It was uh, it was a good real good trip, uh, so it, it was it was much needed. So yep. it was, and then a few weeks after that, we had a tap takeover in the Turk's Head, okay. uh, in Leeds, um, which nice. we didn't get over to unfortunately. I would love uh, to get over. So it, it, look, yeah. it looks like a fantastic spot.
0: So, are you <coughs> um, are you open to invitations for beer festivals if people want to want to reach out? Or?
1: Oh, uh, absolutely. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be attending uh, Portrush this year. Um, right it's, it's, it's always a festival we look forward to every year nice yeah yeah so we'll definitely be going to that uh, but as far as that that's as much as i can tell you at the moment but um we would love to be attending uh, as many um, festivals as we can yeah and um, you know that's, that's what it's
0: all about to getting out it's a great way to get the name out there isn't it en- yeah. engaging yeah.
1: with engaging with your consumer direct.
0: Direct. Yeah. yeah makes sense um where's the best place for people to get their hands on some beer hut beers then
1: www.beerhotbrewing.co.uk. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, we we uh, we have a couple of distributors in England. We don't we don't have a lot of distribution in England. Diverse beers. I don't know if you know the guys. I don't actually know. And Dan from yup. Yup right. Beer. Yep Yep Beer. Yeah. Uh, I think they have an online subscription service. Okay. Um, as far as I you know, as well. And we have another one. There's a subscription service that's going live. I don't know if well it is live, but they they don't supply any beers from Northern Ireland at the moment. They're they're an English company, mm-hmm. uh, and we we will be going live on their platform in the next couple of weeks. And then with two other breweries from Northern Ireland, I don't think I'm allowed to say okay, too much. No, who, no, who, who, who it is, but it's going to make run. it
0: easier for people to get your beers hopefully than it is today. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and
0: so for bottle shop. <laughs> Oh, you know, wants to try and start stocking you. They they would be. Is, what's the best thing to do for them to reach out to you directly, and you can put them in touch with the distributor? Or,
1: well, yeah, well, they can they can buy direct from us.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even in small quantities. you know. Okay. Great. So um,
0: you, you can do trade. Uh,
1: um, so yeah, we can do trade sales. You know, they don't necessarily have to commit to a full pallet. Uh, okay. Such. Nice. Yeah. Plus, uh, it, it likes of diverse and Dan uh, at Yup and those guys will get you sorted with with some of our stuff
0: cool okay
1: we've reached out to a couple of others and who hopefully hopefully will will be taking us on jolly good beer is one of
0: them yeah good okay nice yeah good i think these certainly you know these beers we've had tonight deserve a wider audience than than they're getting currently that's for sure so hopefully people will be uh, be looking to looking to get you in stock so i've got my traditional two wrap-up questions, Andrew, but before I get into that, I always ask the guests um, at this point if there's anything that we haven't got to that you wanted to raise or mention. That- I suppose
1: it's, it's getting people to, you know, if, if they do see RB, take a chance and you know, yeah. maybe give us a try and, and see what you think. I think that's the biggest thing. It's trying, trying to get a customer to commit, you know, to lift that can off the shelf.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, it's a big thing. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's partly, you know, I think that's the one that's the beauty of bottle shops is a lot of the time they are acting as a sort of a curator, aren't they, of of the beer they've got and, you know, and talking to their customers and saying, hey, you know, just got this great stuff in from a, from a new brewer in Northern Ireland you might not have heard of. Why don't you try it? That's, you know, I think that's, that's the way that oftentimes those beers will, you know, get discovered, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's through those amazing bottle shop owners that, that really take a pride in opening people's eyes to, to the next great, you know, the next big thing. But um, yeah, you know, and, and quite honestly, so I'm contradicting myself before I even say it, but I think you're in the market where people are more willing to try something new than almost any other consumer product you could possibly selling be selling. So, you know, what, if, if you were selling... Hamburgers, or fashion, or I you don't know, whatever you choose, choose, choose a sort of product category. People are much less mm-hmm. likely to try something new than they are in craft beer. So, so you're in the right place, aren't you, to get discovered? Hopefully, it's. You know, there's, there's yeah. a lot of people out there like me that, that are always looking for the next big thing and want to, you know, almost don't want to drink the same beer twice because I want the next. Now, what's new? Give me something new. I need something new, you know, and so <laughs> Yeah, that's it. exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like even as a, as, a, as a beer drinker myself, you know, I'm looking for the new thing. You yeah. Know, I always want to try uh, what's what's new next or what, what different style or whatever, you know. Um, like we, and that's probably why we brew so many new beers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. playing about with ingredients, playing mm. about with the hops or the yeast or the water profile, or how can we make the beer different? How do we improve on it? So it's a never-ending challenge.
0: I think the only time you know, and obviously I'm by no means an expert on this, but but it, it, it strikes me that the the time where you would really start to focus in on core beers is where you've got significant keg distribution to pubs and tap rooms where they want to be able to order the same beer that they ordered last week or last month you know? yeah, so, yeah, yeah so so yeah, then yeah. there's some sense in having yeah you know core beers you know people will be asking for that beer by name or your you know your brand and their beer by name so it needs to be it needs to be in stock the next time they come and order it but
1: yeah well that's that's why we have um brewed core beers you know yeah. to the, the, the try and and tap into that, the, that, that end of the market where where a pub or a restaurant chain will latch on to uh, repetitive beer and, and they know what beer they're getting every time and yeah. they, get, they have um, endless supply of it that they can put it onto their menu and commit to it.
0: Yeah, print, you know? print the menu and now it's still going to, you know, you're going to have it in stock this yeah. time next week or next time next month, yeah.
1: Yeah, so yeah, we have been really trying to push um, the core beers with a couple of our um distributors in England, and oh. sorry, um, Matthew Hunter, the liquor man, has been a, a good uh, a good lad to us as well from um, from England. You know, okay. He's, he's bought, yeah, he's, he's bought quite a few of our viewers over the years.
0: Excellent, very good then, Andrew. So, we're into the home straight now, and the first of my two wrap up questions is what I call a shout out to the little guy. And here, I ask you to name one or more local to you beer businesses that you think are doing a great job promoting specifically independent craft beer and that can be a pub a bottle shop, a tap room a cafe, a restaurant, but somebody that's very specifically promoting <coughs> independent rather than macro beer not just Beer Hut but obviously hopefully your your beers and, and others um, but purely independent
1: Yeah, so I, I would have to give a shout out to uh, our local distribution, a company called Nelson Sylvan hmm that's confusing. Uh, so, yeah, no. <laughs> Connell and uh, and the guys at Nelson Soven, like they've been very supportive uh, over the past two years. Uh, they've shown okay. us a lot of support, and to the local breweries. So once COVID came about uh, and the lockdowns happened, they pretty much like stopped bringing stuff over from the mainland and right. focused on all the local breweries. Oh, uh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's a kind of you mm. know, I, t- I take my hat off to them. Ah, no, sure. that. Uh, so that you know, they have shown us a lot of support over the past two years, uh, and also to our suppliers as well. We use a, a company called Getter Brood for the likes of our uh, our malts. So they've been for crisp malt, uh, right? From Norfolk uh, and Lochran Brewing Stores. The south. Yeah. So we, we sort of buy our hops from them guys. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they they've been they've been very good to us as well. they, uh, they uh, they're they're good companies to work alongside.
0: Nice. What, what about any any retail outlets you want to mention? Um...
1: Yeah. Well, I mean. The guys here in Kilkeel, we have we have a great local off-sales in Kilkeel, um called uh, Kilkeel Wines and Spirits. Okay. Um, they were the the first place to uh, have our beer available.
0: Nice. So they support, Back, back they when you were brewing in the in the hut. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One at a
0: time. Hand bot-
1: <laughs> hand bottling. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, crying capping. Uh, so they were the first to to stock our stuff. Um, nice. And they they have they have a great online uh, web shop as well. You should look them okay. up. Uh, and they have another website called the Hopster. Okay. Um, where just they obviously they specialize in, in, in craft beer and there's some amazing amazing beers on there. as
0: well. Brilliant. All right, great. Well, I'll um, I'll dig out the um, the, the contacts for each of those the three trade names that you mentioned and the and the, the retailer to uh, put in the the in the show notes of the podcast so people can quickly yeah, find yeah. them if they if they want to click through and uh, yeah check them out. Good. All right, then, so we are at the wrap-up question, Andrew, and here I would like you to tell me what would be your ultimate happy hour? Where would you be? Who would you be with? And what specific beer would you be drinking? And there's one qualifier for this, which is that the beer doesn't need to match the destination necessarily. So, you know, you can choose Ah. to be drinking a beer which wouldn't typically be available in the place that you've chosen. In this imaginary world, you can bring it with you.
1: Uh, I I think... The number one for me would to be with family and friends. Okay. Um, you know, uh, we worked very hard here, and specifically yep. whenever we were working full-time jobs and trying to grow a, a brewery in yeah. uh, an extremely restrictive market, uh, we didn't see very many faces whenever no. that was happening. So, yeah, it would be nice to you know, have family and friends around you, and probably I would be uh, sat in Cantillon, <laughs> yeah, would be nice. would, yeah. would, would would be my ultimate okay uh, I, think, I think that would make for a, a very great uh, happy hour
0: and what what would you be drinking any would you be drinking something specific at Cantillon or uh, or you you know whatever they <laughs> would well, care to pour you
1: whatever whatever's
0: flowing <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you go far wrong actually but. <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah no, I don't think I've ever had anything. Bad to say about any any beers that come out of
0: this. Nice, yeah, we've got a couple of trips planned to uh, to Brussels this year, so yeah, can't wait to can't wait to get back over there myself. But uh, yeah, no, good. I've choice. never been, there,
1: I'd, I'd love to go. Oh, very
0: very atmospheric. Yeah, yeah, super, super quality place. Awesome. Well, Andrew, that's been great fun chatting to you. Thank you very much for your time. Really, really enjoyed your beers. To be honest, with you. I mean, I I always enjoy drinking and chatting with brewers, but I think the two beers we've had this evening have been absolutely outstanding. But you know, each great examples of their of their style. So I know it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing more beer hut beers around. I think you guys are, I'm sure, are going to be growing and uh, becoming more visible in the UK scene. But you know, I think you made a great start, and thanks so much for your time.
1: Thanks very much, Rob. Appreciate it. Thank you.